Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. Uh, we're going to do the third step prayer now. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed. And we're going to do the third step prayer pretty much one breath at a time with a few breaths in between each line to kind of think about or do what it's asking me to do or not do in the prayer. So we're going to do the first line a little different this time. The first line of the prayer for me is the word God. So what I'd like you to do this morning is breathe in the word God, take in as big a breath as you can, and hold it for as long as you can, breathing in God and holding it inside of you. When you're ready, let the air out and don't breathe back in. Just experience that feeling for a moment. And take a few breaths and invite God into your life right now. Breathe out, I offer myself to thee. And take a few breaths, and in your own way, offer yourself to your higher power right now. Whatever that means for you, just do it. then to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And ask your higher power what it would like to build with you and do with you today. And take a few breaths and see if you get an answer. out. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And try to take a few breaths and try to have a completely silent mind with no story, no opinions, no old ideas, no story. that I may better do thy will. 
take a few breaths and ask your higher power if you could indeed better do its will if you had that quiet mind. out, take away my difficulties, and scan your morning this morning, this day, see if you can find what difficulties you had today, this day, so far in being the man that God would have you be, or the woman that God would have you be, or the person that God would have you be. Where were the difficulties in being that person? Ask God to show you what your difficulties are. God to remove them. Let your higher power know that you approve of their removal. And breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Try to see yourself going through the rest of the day from now forward being an example of God's will and God's love and God's power and God's way of life. Just allow yourself to imagine the peace and ease that you would move through the day and how that would affect the people you come in contact with. out, may I do thy will always, and smile, take a few breaths and see yourself doing God's will today, right now, always. you're ready. Gently open your eyes. <laughs> just allow yourself to take a moment right now and just be conscious that your eyes are open and that you're seeing. Keep your attention on your breath going in and out of your body.
Allow yourself to experience this moment. Feel the air on your skin. Hear the sounds that are coming out of the silence. Take a moment and allow yourself to see the space that is in between you and the first thing your eyes lay up, lie upon. Just see the space between it, not the thing. So, I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic. I can never ever drink alcohol again. I'm allergic to alcohol. Can't drink alcohol. I wanna drink alcohol. The reason I drank alcohol, the reason I drank so much alcohol is because I have an allergy. The reason I drank it isn't because I have an allergy. The reason I drank it is because I have a self-talking unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. They call that, or I call that, state of mind, and that, that mental illness that I have, I call that alcoholism. And because of my alcoholism, I get into emotional pain. And when I get in enough emotional pain, I will treat the disease. I will treat the mental illness. I will treat, I will do something to kill the pain of my self-talking mind, of my unsatisfiable, critical, judgmental, fault-finding mind. And I guess the bad news is, is that that mind doesn't go away and that mind doesn't get better it actually gets worse. It's a progressive illness in my mind that progressively gets worse. So over time, if I don't treat the disease of alcoholism, my reaction to my mental illness will be worse. I'll be more judgmental, more fault-finding, more unsatisfied as time goes by, no matter what I get. And that's why people kill themselves with 28 years of sobriety drunk or sober, or they drink again. I don't think there's any slips in this program. I don't think anybody slips. I think we treat the disease. I'm either gonna treat it with 12 steps and the principles as a way of life, or I'm going to treat it with alcohol or guns or sex or shopping or food, or driving fast. Anything that will distract me from my mind, anything. Start a fight, crash a car, anything that will just distract me from this self-talking mind. But the crazy thing is, is that even the, the anything that I'm gonna do that my mind told me is the thing that I should do to quiet my mind is the same thing that the same mind is gonna use to beat me with for doing it, for doing, when I do what my mind says to do to kill the pain 
That same mind tells me I'm an idiot for doing the thing it told me to do to kill the pain. So when I know all of that, I get to the place of where right now I can admit complete defeat. I'm a complete defeat at being okay today, no matter what my mind tells me. I'm a complete defeat at being okay today, no matter what my mind says. And if I listen to my mind, I'm not going to get out of that cycle. I'm going to continue down. I'm going to listen to it. It's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what it says. It's going to tell me I'm an idiot for doing that. And then it's going to torture me and tell me something new I could do to get out of that torture. And then it will tell me I'm an idiot for doing that and continue to torture me and the torture never ends. <laughs> and that's why I drink again. That's why anybody who knows that they're probably going to black out and crash a car and maybe kill people. That's why that person, me, would say, fuck it. I'll take it. I'll take the circumstances. I'll take the risk. I'll do whatever. I don't care. Maybe this time it'll be different, but I'm killing this pain. And when I get to that place, that place where I stand ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession, I get that. I get to start coming to believe. So right now, in this moment, I admit that I am powerless over alcohol. I can't drink it because I'm allergic to it. And I can't use it to treat the disease because I'm allergic to it. So right now, I admit I'm powerless over alcohol. And right now, I admit that my life, my inner thought life has become unmanageable. I don't know if it became unmanageable today or 20 years ago or before I ever drank. I don't know when it happened and I don't care when it happened because it doesn't matter when it happened, not one bit, because it's happening right now. And that's all that matters. So I'm admitting that my inner thought life has become unmanageable by me today, right now, forever. And I'm standing ready to do anything which will lift this merciless obsession. Anything, not drink, not eat, not shop, not have sex with strangers. Anything, the anything that I don't want to do, I'm going to do now. I'm going to start coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I'm going to stop listening to my mind and its ideas about how to restore me to sanity because it always goes to drink. Starts with something, a new car, a new house, a new job, new new something, but it always goes to drink because, because ultimately, I guess, ultimately the disease wants to, me dead. I guess, I don't know that for sure, but it seems to be. Before Alcoholics Anonymous, 98% of the people that had alcoholism died of alcoholism. So it must be the purpose of the disease is to kill me. Or not to kill me. The disease doesn't kill me. The disease will talk me into killing me. The disease does not kill me. How crazy is that? So, 
The second step is a coming to believe more today, right now, that there's a power and that that power is greater than me and that that power is the power that's going to restore me to sanity. I am not the power that restores me to sanity. I'm never going to read the right book and then be able to restore me to sanity. I'm never going to go to the right meeting and hear the right speaker and then be restored to sanity. A power greater than myself is going to restore me to sanity and it can only happen right now in this moment. There is no permanent sanity. So we read, I think we only read one paragraph last week, right? Okay, so then we're on page 47, at the top of 47. When, therefore, I speak to you of God, this is on top of page 47, I just read it in the eye in case it sounds weird to you right now. When, therefore, I speak to you of God, I mean your own conception of God, my own conception of God. You can't have mine. You can't have it. You can agree with mine. You can think that I have a wonderful God and that you can believe that if you believed in my God that you'd be restored to sanity. You can have all of that, but you can't have my relationship with my higher power. You have to build your own. Each of us has to build our own, and we all have to have our own conception of what God is. For me, God is the thing that restores me to sanity. Or all knowledge and all power that I have access to, 100% access to, just as much as anybody else on the planet. Nobody has more access to God than I do. Nobody does. You don't? Nobody does. The Pope doesn't? Nobody does. I have direct one-to-one access to my higher power. That's my conception. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Don't let a closed mind or old ideas or any prejudices which you have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. So, So I read that in the you which probably sounded really odd that I would be telling you to do that because that's not my job. I can't let any prejudices I may have against spiritual terms deter me from honestly asking myself what they mean to me. When was the last time you sat down and honestly asked yourself with a pen in your hand and a piece of paper what these spiritual terms mean to you? And then had the experience of writing out what they mean to you and seeing what your subconscious mind or God could come up with through your pen. At the start, this is all I need to commence spiritual growth, to affect my first conscious relation with God as I understood it. So all I have to do is start this. The minute I start it, I'm going to have an effect. My spiritual growth will start right now. Doesn't matter how much spiritual growth I've had before. Doesn't matter how far I've gone or I think I've gone. There's that much further to go. And today's the day that I need to not have prejudices. Now, my prejudices of today are based on my relationship with God yesterday. Because God does something for me and I think now, oh, I know what God is. And now I have a new prejudice 
or a new old idea of what God is and a new closed mind about what God is and how it can help me because it did something for me yesterday. And I have to have the relationship with it today. Today. I have a guy who did his fifth step on top of a hill with his sponsor. And when he finished his fifth step, he felt totally connected to everything and everyone. And that was 34 years ago. And he's never had that feeling again. And so he's never felt the connection again in 34 years. He's sober, but he tells me I've never felt that before again. And I tell him, you're never going to feel that again. That was that day. What are you feeling today? What does today's connection feel like? That's all that matters. Afterwards, I find myself accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. Then, yesterday? Then, before I started doing this right now? That is growth. But if I wish to grow, I have to begin somewhere. I have to start practicing, rightly relating myself to my higher power right now. I have to start somewhere, and the somewhere is here, right now. You're not going to start it at the retreat next in two weeks. You're not going to start it tomorrow or later today. It starts right now, right now. Power, could you be with me? Could you help me to be present at this meeting right now? Could you help me be here? So I use my own conception, however limited it is. It is limited. Whatever my conception of God is today, it is limited. I have absolutely no understanding of God. I have a limited conception of what God has done for me in the past or what I think it has done for me in the past. And I have a limited conception of what I think God, what's possible right now by this thing. But it keeps growing. I need to ask myself but one short question right now. Do I believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? I think if you're on this meeting and you've been coming to this meeting for a while, which most of your names and faces I recognize, there isn't a question anymore of if there is a power. It's the question of am I turning? And am I experiencing it right now? As soon as I can say that I do believe or am willing to believe, they emphatically assure me that I am on the right way, that I am on my way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. So we got to start somewhere. Somewhere might be, okay, I'm willing to believe. But not believe in a power greater than myself, but I'm willing to believe that a power greater than myself 
could restore me to sanity. And if I'm willing to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, I am going to... I'm going to express my belief in that willingness by doing something so that I could have the experience of doing the thing that I think is the thing that would restore me to sanity and then be able to have the experience of either that happening or that not happening and then having my own understanding, which we're going to get to in three. And, 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 and in how it works, I'm alcoholic and I cannot manage my thought life. B, no human power can relieve my alcoholism. And C, God could and would if it were sought. But I'm going to have to sought it. It's not sotting me because it is me. <laughs> God is not sotting me. It is experiencing this earth ride through me. But I'm all attached to the I'm all attached to the thing that is the ride as opposed to the spirit that's along for the ride. And if I would just allow myself to be conscious of the ride being the seer and the feeler and the hearer and the the breather and just be conscious that that it's just a vehicle for me to have an experience on this planet and that the experience is neither good nor bad. It's just the experience that the spirit is having. That is phenomenal. It's so much fun to be on the ride. It's so much more fun to be on the ride than to be the ride because the ride gets the shit beat out of it. The ride bleeds, the ride gets tonsillitis, the ride gets COVID, the ride gets a bunch of money, the ride gets no money. The spirit is just along for the ride. It's just enjoying the ride. I keep thinking I am the ride. It's so much more fun to be on the ride than be the ride. Imagine being like the bucket seat that goes through the haunted house over and over and over again at Disneyland. Just keeps going. People sit on it. They kick it. They pull on it. They scream. The ride gets abused. And it has to keep going through it over and over and over again. I get to get on and get off. All right. I'm going to read one more paragraph because otherwise we're going to be reading for, well, we're going to be reading for the next four and a half years anyway, but this is the great news for me. I had assumed I could not make use of spiritual principles unless I accepted many things on faith, which seemed difficult to believe. So sometimes you get those little cards that say what the spiritual principles are and the spiritual principle, one of them is faith. But here it's kind of saying that if I just accept things on faith, that that's not really going to do it for me. I'm going to have to accept things on experience, but I'm going to have to do something to have the experience. And out of the experience, the faith will be built. 
my faith because of the experience. This is not about having faith and being restored to sanity because I have faith that there is something that could restore me to sanity. I have to build that. When I'm present, when people present me with spiritual approaches, how frequently I said, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work for me. If only I could believe as he believes. Well, the only reason he believes is because he did something to come to believe that. He doesn't believe it because someone else told him he should believe something and now he believes it or she believes it and their life changes. The change doesn't happen unless I do the work of coming to believe. But I cannot accept as true, as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it is comforting to learn that I could commence at a simpler level. <laughs> I could commence at a simpler level. The level of actually doing this and then having my own faith. Not the level of going to Harvard and reading about uh, theology and going to the best school in the world and learning about theology and then having faith because I learned that, the that theology worked for other people. And then now I have faith because it worked for other people. No. All 100% of my faith in a higher power, my trusting and relying on a, hundred uh, on a higher power, comes out of my trusting and relying upon a higher power. None of it is because you said so or because I read it in a book. So we're going to keep reading in the, out of the book as time passes, but uh, that's it for today. I'm going to open the meeting up. You can share about whatever you want to share. Uh, I appreciate you all so much. I am recording the, this meeting. And by the way, I talked to the guy who runs the website for me, and he said that we've, we've had over 10,000 downloads of the meeting. Over 10,000 people have listened to the meetings that we put up, and there's only like 150 of them. So evidently, a lot of people are getting some benefit from this. So we're going to keep doing it. So... Johnny's up first. Hi, Johnny Alcoholic. Hi, Johnny. Uh, thanks, Randy. What page was that that you were reading? I think it was page 47. It's, it's incredible because I was looking at 42, the story of Fred, and Fred has exactly the same experience and exactly the same experience as me, not you, Fred. Fred from the big book, different Fred. Uh, he so he 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 finds out about the program. He goes to he doesn't drink at all. He goes to Washington on business, and he has a perfectly successful day. And then he ends up back at the hotel drinking, and then it's insanity. He finds a friendly cab driver at the airport instead of his wife, which is weird, but whatever. So then he's back in the hospital. Here comes. Bill and Hank smiling, which he did not like. And he says this, then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal church man, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. 
That was not easy, and here's the big reveal. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had a curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as it proved to be. He didn't do anything except agree to take all 12 steps. So it's amazing. I got to show up on Thursday for my brother's cremation. And uh, it was not what I expected. They had the body in a cardboard box. And they brought us in the room with the box and opened up the box. And we got to, me and my sister-in-law and my nephew got to spend about 10 minutes with my brother before he went into the, uh, whatever, the cremation machine, whatever that is. And he wasn't in there. There was nobody in that body. I it's more evidence that exa- everything Randy said about what we are is absolutely true. And I know this program is magical. It makes no sense because step two is more about a power other than self, right? God is either everything or God is nothing, and God is everything. And I can't can't treat this disease. I have to have God's help. I have to have everything's help. I have to have no thing help. And the process, when I look at it on the wall like a linear 12 steps, is so obvious. Four through nine is about the deconstruction of a false god called self. It's absolutely inarguable to me. And when I turn to that right now, I get to have the experience of God. And it only happens when I turn, but I don't turn because I'm suffering. I turn because God reminds me that there's another way. So I have to have God's help and I have to stay in this program and I have to continue to do the stuff because then I get the most miraculous gift of awareness of what I am and what I'm up against and what I'm not and what God isn't, which is called intellect thoughts the mind johnny johnny's mind which is simply an activity not even a thing so uh i love you guys it's the the last this is the second to last meeting of my cake tour for 21 years i were having a little meeting in my backyard tonight with a guest speaker Mm -hmm. uh and randy and Mm -hmm. i'm grateful that you're coming randy because i love you if anybody else wants to come it's in tahunga uh at six o'clock tonight if anybody's able to show up you're welcome love you nice thanks johnny happy birthday dolly hi everybody my name is dolly i'm an alcoholic hi dolly um i feel very emotional about the conversation this afternoon i'm gonna try to be as succinct as i can and go through what's happened to me um When I came to this meeting for the first time a year and a half ago, Randy's smiling already, I had 
20 years. I had just passed the 20 year mark in this program and I was prepared to kill myself. And as I started to listen to this meeting and Randy's explanation or explication, for the first time in my life, I was exposed to the concept of turn, turning to a higher power. And since that time, I do have a daily practice of asking God to help me be the woman he would have me be today. And something was lifted in that moment. That was a spiritual awakening for me that day, my first meeting with Randy. And this winter, I don't know why I went to Florida, except that I hadn't been away away for 15 years. And I had an opportunity to rent a place down there. And I didn't know anybody down there, but I took the opportunity. And I went down there with my dog. And when I got there, I didn't know what the hell to do. So I just started going to the beach at dawn every day. And every morning I walked the beach and I asked my higher power to help me be the person he would have me be today. And what unfolded was a real awakening of my spirit and a real sense of freedom and a realization that I had to change my life. I had to change where I lived. I, I came back to New York. I came back to Westchester and I knew I had to get out of this house that I've been stuck in for 31 years and uh, stop commuting for three hours a day. And I... I actually started, I'm a real estate agent myself, and I've been looking for months to find a place in New York. And it's very, very hard right now. And uh, about two weeks ago, someone suggested that I call a certain management company that I'd forgotten about. They have a lot of buildings in the neighborhood I want to be in, and there was nothing available. And the the guy said, well, how do you feel about being in Midtown? And I said, well, where? And he gave me the address on 55th and Lexington, which I knew was a block from my office. And I said, okay, I'll take a look. He said, well, you can't come now because they're not finished renovating it. You better come tomorrow. And uh, I came and uh, I walked into that apartment. It was the only apartment that he had in 10 buildings. I walked into that apartment, and as soon as, I know this sounds a little, as soon as I stepped into the apartment, I felt at home. And I started walking around the apartment. I went to the window in the living room, and right across the street is Central Synagogue. If that, (laughs) Central Synagogue is one of my favorite synagogues in the city, and, uh, I, you know, I'm not saying this was a sign from God. I'm just saying that for whatever reason, this is where I'm ending up. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, they had just decided in this rental building, which is old, to put in two brand new bathrooms and a brand new kitchen. How did that happen? I'm a person that went through my childhood, which was difficult and almost all of my adult life feeling that everybody else was moving forward and I was not. 
and that God had forgotten about me. But the truth is, and it's taken me all these years to find this out, is that I hadn't found a way to access God for myself. And now that, I, that I'm in this place, the stuff that really should be scary is not scary. I know it's going to be okay. And if it's not okay, then it ain't over yet. It'll be, eventually be okay. But I've ne- I never understood till now the feeling of feeling in the care of. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Dolly. <clears throat> Rick. And I'm definitely alcoholic. Hi, Rick. Good morning, Randy. Thank you for this meeting. Happy birthday, Johnny. And Dolly, congratulations on your new place. How wonderful. You must be very happy. Oh, what a good meditation today. I liked uh, how we did the third step a little differently. Really nice. Gives you time to meditate over it. So I like that. I'll have to remember that. Um, Being the ride versus going along for the ride. Wow. That was a neat uh, insight today. I think about that. I think about all the crash and burning I've done, drinking and stuff. And I was definitely the ride. And I would drink to black out so I could get off the ride. I didn't want it. It was Mr. Toad's Wild or Rick's Wild ride. You know, I didn't want to be on that one, especially at the end. It's like, I've seen this ride before. It's not fun. Um, interesting. Uh, reminds me getting on the 405, you can tell real quick whether you are the ride or going along for the ride, uh, or I'm sure anywhere in New York on the freeway or in the roads. Um, one thing I try to read every morning, uh, is I, a little, is, uh, out of 420 out of the big book, I do whatever is in front of me to be done and I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. The more, when I wake up, I try to remember to thank my higher power immediately for letting me wake up this morning. And then I try to you know, immediately say, hey, what, what do you want to do today? Because otherwise I start looking at my list and I start getting on my ride. And um, then I have to start turning. And it's, well, I have to turn no matter what, but it's just I have to turn a lot sooner. Um, so thank you for that. I got to remember to just sit back and say, what do you want to do next? Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Oh, Eric. Yay. Hi, Eric. Hey, everybody. I'm Eric. I'm not Paul. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much, Randy, for today. And brought up the F word. <laughs> Faith. <laughs> <laughs> I had that tattooed on my arm. Uh, like probably in my first or second year, I found the symbols uh, for faith and fear, the Chinese symbols, um, and tattooed them to my arm in, a, in an oval. And, like faith over fear is the message to myself. And um, you know, back then I was wondering, like, what would be a good tattoo? And it's the only tattoo I had um, that I would be able to live with, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. And now that I'm there, you know, I still, that is just as powerful for me uh, to to have a part of my life. And uh, it's always the big, you know, the, the conflict. I don't even like to use the word conflict, but the, uh, the challenge uh, is, is where am I at in my attention, you know. Uh, 
And, uh, oh, by the way, happy birthday, John, for sure. Um, and you always speak so eloquently, uh, Randy, and uh, I often lose track of my thoughts, so I couldn't really run this meeting like you do. <laughs> really, it just flows out of you, and it's really wonderful to, to see. Um, I, uh, oh, humility is... Uh, uh, I, and, like I don't have any faith without some form of humility. I have to surrender, like the the, the disease, the the Eric, the ego. You know, I got to set that aside and 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 kind of connect to some degree with my higher power. And then um, once I'm aware that I'm in this relationship with God, then I can, you know, maybe initiate some faith. Um, and, and like you talked about, too, the, the faith versus, or not versus, but faith and belief uh, aspect is uh, taking faith to that really powerful place, you know, um, that I have literal experience. Um, and now I really believe that my faith efforts work, you know, that uh, I have so much evidence uh, of, of faith working out in my life and, and the, the surrender working out in my life that, uh, you know, I can now fall to that with some intuition and some, some uh, you know, confidence in, in my own intuition. And, and if I feel something is right, then I can act on it. Like Dolly was talking about walking in that apartment. There was some intuition there that she got to have a relationship with and, and move forward without all the doubt and the crazy stuff that comes up in my worrisome mind with the, the disease element. Um, so, yeah, you got my head spinning today, Randy. Thank you so much. I love you, brother. Thanks, Eric. Good to see you. <clears throat> Somebody else had their hand raised a second ago, but they disappeared. Who's next? Are you raising your hand, Sybil? You're up. Can't hear you. Looks like you're unmuted, but we can't hear you. Talk. No. You're on silence. Jeff? Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Jeff. Hey. Good to hear you today. I'm good to read this. Um, um, I don't know what I want to say other than the fact that um, without me being aware of it, um, there's just, I feel like there's um, a knowing that's happening where I, I believe that everything is all right. And that everything will be all right, that I am being taken care of. Um, I don't know how to explain it other than the fact, you know, I mean, I, I do the things we talk about here every day. You know, I, I, I'm mindful. I'm, I'm aware of my thoughts and my thought life being unmanageable. And, and I turn and I turn and I turn and I turn. And, um, even when things that I 
previously would have interpreted as being bad or, you know, like things unplanned or things that would normally create anxiety for me and fear. Um, there's been a shift and a change where I just, I, and I'm, I, you know, one of the biggest things is not being afraid to say that all is well. There's a part of me that when I, when, that doesn't want to be okay with the way things are right now, because I'm afraid that as soon as I admit that everything is okay, something will happen to shatter that. That, that is one of, that is one of my greatest neuroses, right? As soon as I say, you know what, I've got God, I can go through anything as long as I've got God. My disease whispers, well, let's throw a curve. Let's see how good that'll work when you lose someone you love or one of your dogs dies or you don't get that client or the relationship ends, you know? And, um, you know, I think the, um, I've been feeling okay with saying all is well and telling other people that they don't need to worry that everything is fine. Everything is okay. God will take care of everything. And I actually believe it. Like I know it, that I don't know how to describe it. All I know is that this is what my experience is now. Um, that's been the greatest gift, you know, and, uh, I'm sure it has everything to do with, with all that we do here, right. With the admission of complete defeat with, the, the conscious contact with the rightly relating with the getting quiet, you know, with, um, allowing me to be who I'm supposed to be and not holding back, allowing, you know, there's been other things too, where I'm, I'm able to say to myself like, Oh, you're good at that. Hmm. You know, Jeff, you're, no, you're a good guy. You're a good person. And knowing that, like, I would never do that with myself before. That's been a, a huge area of growth for me, you know, like, and to know it. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's been a gradual process. It's been a very gradual process. But, um, you know, Kay shared with me a prayer, and I learned there's a book evidently by the same name, which is there are three stages of prayer. Please, thanks, and wow. And, uh, and I'm in that early stage of wow, like, wow, like, oh my God, this works. My own conception of God and my conception of God is that he loves me, um, that he is taking care of me. It is taking care of me, whatever, you know, call it whatever you want it there. I have a God in my life today and I'm grateful for that. And I, I, I want to say one other thing. I really love when, when other people I know and admire, uh, have a God in their life. Like, I think that's the coolest thing when people have got. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, so, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Scott. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Randy. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Beautiful. Um, I'm sorry I missed the first half of the meeting. But what I did hear, uh, fabulous, just incredible. And dovetailing into what Jeff was touching upon, um, with what we've all been through in the last three years or so, um, I wanted to reboot our life. And it's okay to be happy again. If 
God is our father. He wants us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be sad. If your mother or father were taking care of you, they would want to feel the same. They would want you to be happy. Um, I had the pleasure of going to an incredible estate sale locally here. And after I found my vinyl and old jazz, I just sat and let my wife do her thing and just watched what was going on and started to think that this woman was 90 years old and she passed. And all of the material things were all around us. But like Johnny said, she's no longer here. But her lifetime of collections is still here. But her spirit isn't. And as I was thinking of that, there was a woman frantic because she dropped the matching blouse that went with the skirt. And she had a handful of items. I said, I'll watch it. Then another woman had a little Yorkie and she was having a difficult time shopping. So I said, I'll watch the dog. And I started enjoying this estate sale more by helping other people and them looking at me like, seriously, you're going to help me out? And just the feeling of um, it's okay to be happy. It really is. We may have to retrain ourselves how to do it. Um, I drank for 40 years. And I almost think you absolutely have to reprogram yourself. Because you only know what you've been doing for the last 40 years, right? I mean, that's the way of learning is repetitive nature. And I reached out to a person that was having a hard time. I said, treat yourself nice if you remember how to do it. Go walk amongst the flowers. Go look in the sky, the incredible clouds. Get, I love them. Hierarchy of needs, Maslow's theory. Got to take care of number one, which is, well, number one is basic consumption, but love's in there. And the early steps, you got to be able to appreciate the beauty or why are we doing this? Are we just chasing our tail? I mean, seriously, why are we doing this? To spread love, to enjoy ourselves? to have a hell of a good time without the alcohol and drugs. Anyway, that's all I got. Peace out. Thanks, Scott. John, got a minute or two. Hey, Randy. Hey. Great to hear you. Thank you. Um, I'll be quick. I think we're kind of running out of time. But, uh, man, I since you dropped the F-bomb, I have been fucking so in incredibly <laughs> struggling over the last few weeks. I... Uh, last two weeks, I was uh, to go to ER, the ER for a complication. It's all been treated, and, and I'm better now. But it's like the that coupled with the uncertainty of where my next job was going to come from to just life in general. I was had been itself so bad. Recording in progress. And this is the part that I really wanted to, to recording um, stopped to share with you is that you know I I got I came woke up a couple mornings. In that complete, it was like my, it was like my, my voice had kicked on way before I even woke up. 
and I had woke up in a place where I was just cursing everything. I was cursing God. I was mad. I was angry, and I had shared it with Randy. I was just F-bombing everything, and I was just saying, this is, you know, why am I doing this? This is not worth it, you know, and it was just this complete, utter, but out of that came a complete defeat, you know. I, I absolutely just caved, broke down, and um, and the th- thing I wanted to share is that I did something I didn't want to do. I, I did a, a free project for someone who's doing a startup who's helping our kids get into college, and I made our business plan, and literally, I promise you, and I'm going to try not to cry, but like yesterday, I had three or four jobs come in. It was absolutely like amazing that the fact that I just said, okay, I'm going to surrender myself to my power and know and, and trust and believe that that I am not the the right power for my for my life, and that it, I'm going to be taken care of, and did something for someone else who you know was an incredibly spiritual person as well, who I connected with, and there's so many things that domino affected out of that out of yesterday, and you know I, I have to say it's like I sat in my room and just completely and just broke down. I just I said you know I felt ashamed of just not even trusting that this would ever. You know, again, my voice, this, this thing is so baffling and so strong that I always, my, my disease always convinces me to forget every time, you know, and I know it works every time. And, uh, you know, I just had wanted to share that it's, it's been quite a, a couple of weeks and, uh, it was great to hear everyone, everyone and, um, feel really grateful. So thank you, Randy. Thanks, John. Good to see you. All right. We did it. Another Saturday in the books. If you're interested, there is a retreat happening, 8, 9, and 10 in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, There's still some room, but we need to know pretty soon because we're like two weeks out now, and they want to know about special foods and things like that. If you can make it to Nashville, we're going to have a van there that could take us all out to the retreat center. It's going to be awesome and quiet and fantastic. So... If you want more information about that, you can stay on after the serenity prayer and we can talk about it. And um, that's it. Thank you all for coming today. I appreciate you all. I would not have meditated on my own, probably. Maybe I would have, but maybe I wouldn't have. And I did, so it doesn't matter. So I appreciate you. And uh, we'll do the, we'll take a moment of silence. I'll make it so you can all unmute yourselves. I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. I will. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Have a great day, guys. That was an awesome meeting. Randy, I downloaded the meeting 10,000 times. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. You're a good man. That's funny. Um, are we? Are, is there food at this event, or do I need to eat before I come? We're going to go to the Great White Hut after. There'll be stuff you can't eat. 
What is snacks? Oh, snacky stuff. What is the Great White Hut? It's uh, Nuevo Mexicano restaurant right oh, down beautiful. the street. Sort of a beautiful. tacos and burritos. They're unbelievable. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Yeah. There's probably stuff you can eat there. Probably. So, yeah. Johnny, I'll be there in my thoughts. Okay. Sorry. You're, not going? You're not going to ride out there with me, Scott? You didn't offer. I'm just offering. I've heard how you drive. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. You know what they say, Scott? Any length. Willing to go to and any length. And we'd love to have you. Just say Thank yes. You. Thank you. You know, just yeah, say I was yes. talking with my sponsor, Randy, on Thursday after I left. I, I didn't know that I was going to be in a room with my brother's corpse. It yes. Was, and I, I talked to my sponsor. Do you remember Brian Muller? Sounds familiar. He said to me, I wish I had been there with you and for you. Yeah. I started crying. Yeah. What an incredible yeah. thing to say, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're coming up on the anniversary of my little brother's son's death. It's April uh, 2nd. Yeah. April 2nd. One year, yeah? Yeah, it'll be a year. Yeah, I remember. The art site. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's rough. All right. Well, we'll see you in a couple hours. You Scott, got, you get you a life. You get a life. And Shirley, you're the best. I will see you guys soon. I'll see you tonight. Sounds good. See you later. See ya. Happy birthday,